look good this morning. Let, let me try that again. You look really good this morning. You're welcome. <laughs> Suck up. Hey, I had a kid break my heart last weekend. CJ and the youth ministry are uh, doing uh, prayer cards for specific kids, and I really believe in prayer. If you're around very long, I just want you to know that this is a church that believes in prayer. We, uh, I believe it so much that I pray for my kids. I pray for my grandkids. I want them to know the Lord. I want the next generation. I pray for my parents. I pray for my siblings. I, I pray for you. I pray for all of you. As I greet you and meet you, I pray for you. I believe prayer is the most that we can do for anyone, and I think prayer is the least that we can do for anyone. But I had a teenage boy walk out of service after first service, and I said this in first service today, and and he's the only teenage boy in the whole place in first service. So, but, but he knew, he didn't know I was talking about him, but I was, and he went out into the foyer and he said out loud, you know, nobody has picked up my name to pray for me. Now, now you're going to say, Chris, you're guilting us this morning. Yes, I am. I make no apology about that. Uh, I picked his name up. I said, I'll pray for you. And this was two weeks ago. And I've been praying. I put it on my my desk and I'm not trying to display my righteous acts before you. But you got to get this, that every one of you can pray for someone. And I'm counting on you praying for them. I, you know, we do, my wife and I, we support some kids in Uganda. One's in his 20s now. We pray for him daily. I've got a three-year-old in Uganda, same age as my grandson. We pray for him daily. We can't save everyone, but we can save someone and make a difference. And so I didn't ask CJ permission to do this, but I placed the prayer cards right down the middle aisle, right outside in the foyer. You have to walk by it. And I'm hoping the Spirit of the Lord convicts you. But if he doesn't, if I can, I will do that for you. Amen? Pick up, adopt a kid. This is not going to cost you anything but some time to make a spiritual difference. Prayer makes a difference, folks. Do you believe that? The Bible teaches that. And so, hey, I expect that board, CJ, to be gone. And you know what? That little 13-year-old, well, he's not even 13. He's not. He loved that I said he was a teenage boy. He's not. He's 12. He's not a teenager for 19 days, right? He just beamed because somebody adopted him. Adopt one, pray for him, make a difference for eternity. That's what I ask you to do. So we're wrapping up this sermon series this week. This has been some people changed. A lot of people said this has been personal. A lot of people have said this is practical. I'm just glad I get to share it with you. Today, we're going to be looking forward. What will my life look like five years from now? And I said in first service, and maybe this applies to you, hopefully I'll be alive in five years. Some of us don't know. We kind of wonder. 
We feel blessed to have been around this long. When I started in ministry here 35 years ago, I had a five-year plan. I thought I was stepping out in faith. When we got to that five-year moment, I thought, what am I going to do now? We accomplished those goals, and so I set another five-year plan in place, and I did it again. So I've done it, what, six or seven times since I've came to First Christian Church. I would challenge you to think and project forward. What will my life look like five years from now? What will it look like spiritually? And if you're filling in the blanks and if you're joining us from home, we're glad you're here. If, if you're just sleeping in and taking a lazy Sunday and you could be in church, but you chose not to today, shame on you. Shame, shame. If I'm going to guilt them inside, I'm going to shame you outside. But if you're laid up and you're sick and you have the flu and are running a temperature and you're joining us online, I'm praying for you. God bless you and thank you for being faithful in this way. Spiritually, where are you going to be? Are you getting better? Are you bearing more fruit of the Spirit? Are you becoming more patient? Are people who are in your family look at you and say, what happened to you? You're not the person I used to know. You are different because they see the change over time. How about relationally? Are you closer to your family members, to your spouse, to your friends? Relationally, are you getting along with people better from your end because you are that kind, forgiving, merciful, gracious Christian that everybody wants to be like and are known for and are making a difference? And you're not the negative Nelly or Ned that's the worst person to be around in the office that just suck the life and the energy out of the room when you come into it? Are you getting better? How about financially? Financially. Oh, Chris, don't go there. Are you having more money in your savings account? Are you able to give more or are you having more money in credit, in mortgage, in debt? How are you doing and which way are you going and where do you plan on going over the next five years? How about physically? Better shape, more healthy, exercise, diet, have more energy, or are you going the other direction? Less energy, more weight, less physically well, more visits to the doctor, higher blood pressure, higher cholesterol. Which way is it going for you? What do you want to be like in five years? Now, I've got to tell you that there, you know, I've lived long enough to know that there are many things that are beyond our control. You never know. I I had an incident, I'll just tell you real quick, about a week ago on a Friday night. Did I tell you about the lightning bolts in my eyes? Anybody? I didn't know you could have lightning. How many of you, but this one, how many of you have like floaters in your eye? How many of you have ever had floaters? Okay. And some of you younger people are looking around and saying, what are floaters? These are kind of like little dots, like a little amoeba that kind of go around in your eye. Well, I had lightning bolts. They call them flashes in your eye. I was having it out of my left side of my eye. We were coming off of Jackson on the 40. We were going to Terre Haute to go out for dinner with a grandchild and, and do some stuff. I had some errands to run. 
And I started having flashes outside of my eye. And they look like lightning bolts. And so I say out loud to my wife, I'm seeing lightning bolts out of my, my eye. And the little red-headed uh, nine-year-old in my back seat, my granddaughter, she said, Pop, Pop, I don't see any lightning bolts. I said, no, you're not. I'm not hallucinating. They're in the side of my eye. Well, they're like floaters, only they're flashes. And so I was concerned that, hey, this is a dramatic change in my eyesight. So I ended up in the ER that night. So you don't know what's going to happen. It turned out everything was okay. I saw the ophthalmologist. I've got two more visits I got to do with him. I'm fine. Thanks for being concerned, those of you that were concerned. For the rest of you, I'll move on. But we don't know what is going to happen. But here's what I can predict with fairly high accuracy. That what we know is that your habits in the past five years determined who you are today. What you've done in the last five years is where you are in the present right now. And the habits you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. I know that with a high level of certainty. So the question is, do you like the direction your habits are taking you? Is this where you want to go? Because your intentions don't determine your direction. Your actions do. We've all had good intentions, haven't we? But our habits determine our direction. The Apostle Paul Some of you are familiar with him, know him well, and others of you are fresh to our church and to this whole Christian experience. The Apostle Paul was a skeptic originally. He was a Hebrew teacher. This Jesus thing was not popular with him, and it threatened his religion, Judaism. And so he persecuted the early church and murdered Christians. But then he had this life-transforming experience with the Lord Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. And yes, you can change. And he changed. And he basically has written two-thirds of the New Testament that we accept as God's word today. This is who wrote the book of Galatians. And this is what he says. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, I just want to review with you. If you've not been with us over the last five weeks, this is the sixth week of the series. Here's kind of the overriding principle, and it's this. Real and lasting change isn't behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation. It all starts here through the Spirit of God, and it starts with identity. And and the question with identity is, why do you do what you do? And you do what you do because of what you think of you. It's our self-talk. It is the way we think about ourselves. And we went from there. We talked about the spiritual who, who we are, the spiritual why. The reason, the rationale is to please God in everything that we want to do. 
It ultimately ends there. If if it's a physical challenge, a physical habit, I'm trying to to become and honor God's temple. If it's a, a financial thing, it's to be honor God through my finances. So I save and I give and I invest that I might give more and share more with others. Whatever it is, spiritual why? Spiritual what? Is the habits that we are choosing, the decisions and the choices of of what we do and what we don't do. And then the spiritual what not were those addictions and those things that set us back, those poor choices that we make. And last week, we talked about the spiritual how. How do we do this? And, And the bottom line is that we don't try, we train. We don't try, we train. And if some of you changed your verbiage, the way you say things, well, I'm going to try that instead of saying, I'm going to train to do this. Now, all of us, in fact, they did a ultrasound on my eye. I didn't know you could do an ultrasound on my eye in the ER uh, that weekend. I was just dreading it. I figured I'd be there all night, but it wasn't so bad. It was a couple hours, but they did an ultrasound on that eye. I didn't know that you could do that. And they could they could see everything and nothing, everything was great. When they did that, they were looking for a problem and a change. So that spiritual how, well, I I guess the reason why I'm telling you this is I didn't want just anybody. I didn't, the doctor had an intern with him. A new young intern. It looked like he could be my grandchild, like 15. Okay. That's why I told this story. I didn't want the 15 year old to do the ultrasound on my eye. I didn't want him to touch me. Now, I love 15 year olds. I spent my whole life working with 15 year olds, but I don't want somebody to try to work on my eye. I want somebody that knows what they're doing to do that. Somebody who has been trained. If I if I'm got a legal situation, I don't want my lawyer to try. I want the, the lawyer who has practiced and has been trained and has experience in that field, right? Don't we all want that? Okay. So today, what I'm preaching about is spiritual impact. Looking forward, where do we go from here? And and what the apostle Paul is talking about is the law of sowing and reaping is always true. We reap what we sow. That's the first point. You reap what you sow. In biology, if I plant an apple seed, I'm going to get a apple tree and then an apple. I'm not going to get grapes. I'm not going to get roses. So I reap what I sow. Spiritually, I reap what I sow. If I choose to do what God calls me to do, if I choose not to get angry, if I choose to handle my anger in the correct way, if I choose to forgive, if I choose to be patient, then I reap those things. But if I choose to be angry and give full vent to my anger, if I choose to get even, to take revenge, to retaliate, then what do I get? 
I get destruction. I get broken relationships. I get broken heart. I get grief. Hosea 10.13 says, But you have planted wickedness, and you have reaped evil. This is all throughout Scripture. So if I get up late to work, and I am got a bad attitude, and I'm negative, and I don't like the job, and I don't like the people that I work around, and it's an awful, terrible, awful mess, what am I going to reap? I'll reap that. If I sow seeds of lust by using social media, and let's just pick on Facebook Reels, and I, I, I start with that, and then I, I go to Instagram and that, and then I get into, onto OnlyFans, and then I go from there, I am weaving a life of what? Lust and ill will and bad thoughts and broken relationships. If I eat anything I see, now I'm preaching to me, and I want more, and I want that dessert, and I want this and that, and I continue to do that, I gain weight, and I get depressed, and I get anxious, and I don't feel good, and I have more doctor bills and more medical bills, and my blood pressure goes up, and my cholesterol goes up, and my heart's... my arteries get clogged, and I need stents, and I need uh, quadruple bypass. It just goes on. Think about it. Think about it. All of this happens. It's not a punishment. This is not a punishment. This is a harvest. It's a result of what's been planted, and we have to own it. Don't you hate that, that we, I am responsible for my actions and choices and habits, and so are you. If you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. Let me say that again. If you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. Second today, you reap more than you sow. You reap more than you sow. Isn't that crazy that you reap more than you sow? That's our lives. Look in Mark chapter 4, verse 20. Jesus says this, and he said, And the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. I was, uh, I don't know if I'm trouble or not today, but my, my, my wife came to the first service this morning, 830 service, and some of you are wondering if you've ever seen my wife or not, but she showed up, she sat on the front row, um, because she had, uh, a basketball game that my granddaughters were playing in at 11 today at this time. And so she showed up and I, I said, when we were first married years and years ago, we had, uh, a garden. And I gave in, I had a garden with my wife. This is like one of the three or four years I had. But I was really into cucumbers at the time. I, I mean, I was, I, I just loved cucumbers. So I had a couple of uh, packs of seeds and cucumber seeds, and I did 30 hills of cucumbers. Okay. 
All right. I We were living in Washington, Indiana at the time. And I had cucumbers. I had lots and lots of cucumbers. We lived only about a mile away from Camp Ileana, which was a camp that we supported at the time. I took Jeep loads of cucumbers to camp. I took cucumbers with me everywhere. I took them to church. I gave them to everybody as they went out the door. Here's a cucumber for you. Here's a cucumber for you. I put them on anonymous cars, cucumbers on the cars. I gave them as awards for kids in children's church. I just gave them away. This is the idea. You reap more than you sow. Darren Hardy in the book, The Compound Effect, he said, said it this way. He said, small, smart choices and consistency and time equal a radical difference. What we sow compounds and grows. Now, I want, I want to look at the same guy who's attending church. I'm going to pick on the guys today, ladies. You, know, guys can, you, you guys can handle it. I pick on guys. And I've had guys say, you know, you pick on guys more than you do gals. And I said, yeah, you, because you're a man, you can take it. And, and they're basically telling me they're not, but, but I'm, I'm going along. All right. So here's the deal. Two guys, identical guys, come to church. One, one kind of kind of drifts. He sort of drifts. He he hears something he doesn't like, and somebody looked at him wrong, and so he's not coming to church as regularly. And and because he's not in fellowship, and he's not in a life group, and he's not in an adult Bible fellowship, he is drifting away. And so he has some free time, and he, he's not going to church, and so he gets on Instagram, or he gets on Facebook, and he gets on the reels, and he gets into some porn, and then he gets caught by his wife, and there's a lack of trust, and their relationship's blown up. They don't know whether they're going to stay married or not. Or you have this other guy who goes to church, and yes, somebody upset him, and the preacher hit close to home, and he says, I want to stick it out. And he stays faithful, and he gets involved in a Sunday school class. He gets into a, a life group, and he starts reading his Bible every day. And so the temptation of social media and porn, it, it's there, but but he's keeping it at bay. He becomes a deacon in the church, and because he's got a better attitude at work, he gets a promotion, he makes more money, and he starts giving, and that changes his life, and he starts saving, and, and you know the end of the story. Then he becomes a millionaire, and he writes a book, and he's on, what, what's your favorite talk show? Give me one. Huh? The talk. He's on the talk because of what God has done for him. Those little choices, those decisions make a huge difference because you reap more than you sow. You are not what you do occasionally. You are what you do consistently. You are what you do consistently. Our our son was in a Marine Corps Officers Candidate School, and it was a training program. You didn't do it the right way, the wrong way. You did it the Marine way. I loved it when he came home from his first internship with the Marine Corps. That's what he called it to sell it to me at OCS. I loved it because there was no right way, wrong way. It was the way he was trained because that was the way you do it. 
So you reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow, but you also reap after you sow. You reap after you sow. What do you mean, Chris? Here's the deal. Why do we get discouraged? Why, by the second Friday in January, has everybody quit their New Year's resolutions? Well, you prayed for five days and God didn't answer your prayer. You worked out for five days and you were so sore that you couldn't move the next week. And and you couldn't see any more muscle and your waist didn't get any smaller. So you quit because you were discouraged. Because we don't see progress fast enough. We're impatient. We're an impatient society. Our lives are the sum total of all the small decisions we make. In every action you take, you're choosing a direction. Every action. So who do I become is based on the habits I start and the habits I stop. And who I become is on what I train for, not on what I try for. That's who I become. That is who I am. That is who you are, and that is who you will be. Now, am I successful when I get a big harvest? And I would say, no. Because we don't judge the success of the day by the harvest we reap, but by the seeds we sow. So what are you sowing? What are you sowing and what are you reaping? Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Reap what you sow. Reap more than you sow. Reap after you sow. Here's the deal, and I'm probably preaching to the choir, and I hope I am. But here's the deal. Your hard work, your discipline, the sacrifices, the faithfulness is not being wasted. It is being stored up. Never think it's not worth it. You see, what they won't see is getting up every morning, getting up early, taking the time to pray, to read your Bible, to spend time with God. They're not going to see the way you interact with your wife or your family or your roommate or your friends. But because of the character of Christ in you, you're going to treat them with love and respect, everyone you meet. You're going to pray for them. You're going to make a difference, and you're going to reflect the love of Christ. They don't see that. They don't see you working hard as a student. They don't see you working hard at work and doing more and above and beyond because you reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't see the difference that a student that wants to learn, not just pass a test, the difference there. They don't see the labor that is done in the name of the Lord because it's the right thing to do because you owe that company, you owe that employer a hour's worth of work for that hour given. They won't see all of that. They won't see you doing those things that nobody else sees. 
but God does. And when it comes to your success, no one will see all that. They'll think it just happens just like that. You were an overnight success. No, it was a lifetime, years and years and years and days and days and crazy aggravating people and hard people to deal with that you showed up every day and you took care of. It makes a difference. And I'm just come to tell somebody this. Keep doing it. God sees it. You are making a difference. There's a legacy and a wave behind you that will ripple out throughout all eternity. Paul says it this way, possibly at his end of his life. He says this. We read it earlier. Let us not become weary in doing. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not. So I'm saying to you, never give up, never give up, never give up. Will you please stand and pray with me? Eternal God and Father, we are grateful for this time. And Father, we just ask that you will keep us doing good. We know that we reap what we sow, we reap more than we sow, and we reap after we sow. And Father, I just ask your blessing upon these, your people, that they will be obedient to you that their decisions and their choices and their habits over the next five years will take them to that better place spiritually, relationally, relationally, financially, in every way that you will bless them. Father, and it's by your grace and by your spirit to quicken them in every way. And we just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.